everybody. Good to be here. Happy Sunday. Um, yeah, so, so on Saturday night, I had someone come up. Um, so I got done, you know, I was doing my sermon. I got done. And someone, you know, came up. And he's like, hey, you know, I just appreciate you and blah, 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 blah. But here's, here's something I'm curious about. He's like, sometimes whenever you get caught up, you know, on, you know, on talking, it's like on the tip of your tongue, I just want to call it out and help you out, you know, and I'm like, go for it, man, then I don't have to say it, and, and so if, if there are people here that feel compelled, if, if you know, I get caught up, I'm like, man, help me out, you know, let's just do it, you know, this is cool, um, so I'm just tossing it out before I even get going here, it'll be fun, it'll be interactive and good, and so let's do it. Um, so, so back, back in September, back in September, I was on this big elk hunt, and I was really excited about this hunt because it's kind of this time that, that I can spend all by myself and spend time alone and just think about things. And so, so whenever I hunt, I feel like. I become, you know, like who I'm supposed to be as a person. You know, like I, you know, all my camo, my face paint, I'm awesome, I have my bow, I have my arrows, and I'm, I'm out by myself. And it's just so good for me. And so on this day, it was just beautiful out. It was beautiful. And I hiked, I hiked, and I hiked, and I hiked back there, and the elk are, are just going crazy. You can hear them everywhere, and it's just this, this like, un, it was just unbelievable, this situation I found myself in. Like, I felt so, so a part of everything, and, and there I am in full camo. It's just, just me. There aren't people anywhere close to me, like, anywhere close to me, and I'm hiking the whole day day and I just feel amazing. And so I hear the birds are chirping and the sky is blue and the temperature is awesome. It is just like the most beautiful day ever. And I found myself like feeling so close to God. Like it was like God was everywhere. It was like this place was just saturated in God. And and then I just found myself like saying, yeah, God, you know, you're awesome, you know, I'm just so happy to be here, and you're here, and, and the birds are here, and the elk are here, and it's like, you are everywhere, and I just found myself like, I, was, I, I began to cry a bit, you know, my camo on, I'm crying, oh God, you're amazing, and I'm going up this mountain, and it's just this beautiful time that, that you know, in that, that space, I felt so connected to God, and I felt so close to God all day long, and then I found myself at the top, you know, at the top of this huge mountain that took me all day that I could oversee everything, and, and it was just gorgeous, and I it just like blew my mind, I'm like, God, holy cow, like, you are so here, and, and, and your presence is here, and you're amazing, and who am I, and this kind of thing, and then the sun began going down, I was like, oh, the sunset, it's amazing, you did this, and blah, blah, and then I was like, oh, no, the sun's going down. <laughs> Like, I forgot. Like, it was like, oh, you know, like, this is a, it took me all day to get here. And it's like, I'm in the forest, you know. I'm in the forest and I, I don't, don't even have a backpack. Like, I'm an idiot. You, you, you know, and I, I just got caught up in it. And I'm at the top and the sun is down. And all of a sudden, it's pitch black. It's pitch black. And I began 
very afraid. Just like that, I became afraid. It was pitch black, could not see anything. And then the chirping birds turned into chirping coyotes. And I don't care who you are, coyotes are freaky. Like, they just scare me. It's like, yup, 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 yup. And, and they're everywhere. The coyotes, and like, oh, they smell me. And it's just like, it was just so frightening. And it's dark. And the profound thing is, is nothing changed about that space at all, except it got dark. It was the same space. Base a couple of hours ago, I'm like, man, God, you, you're here, and you're awesome, and you're huge here, and wow, I'm so thankful to be here. But here was here, it was just, it turned dark, but it seemed like God wasn't any place to be found. It's all perception. It was interesting. I'm afraid of the dark a bunch of times. And as a guy, it's hard to say that. I'm afraid of the dark. But I'm afraid of the dark. I've always been afraid of the dark. You know, as a kid, I would go to bed, you know, and, and turn off the thing, you know, and, and I'm like, Mom, I'm scared of the dark. And she would come in. She's like, you know, I'm like, there's something under the bed, you know. And, and I always have thought that there's something under the bed, even though there isn't. You totally know there isn't anything under the bed. The other night, I mean, the thing that brought this whole there's something under the bed story up is the other night, you know, just, just the other night, my arm, it accidentally fell over the bed, you know, and then I like quickly brought it up. Like, it was just like that instinct of like, oh my gosh, if my arm falls under the bed, I could be pulled over. There's something under there. Like, you never get over that feeling of there's something under the bed. And so today, today we're going to talk about the dark and we're going to talk about the things that are under our bed because we all have things under our bed and we are all afraid of the dark. And I'm totally not just saying the dark and the, the, the hypothetical thing under the bed. I'm thinking about this idea of we're all afraid of the things that we can't see. We're afraid of the unknown. We are, un, we are afraid of the things that could be under our bed and Oftentimes, the only times that we are afraid of the unknown and afraid of the, the big thing that could potentially be under our bed, it's only whenever the lights go out and it gets dark. Then we begin to hear things. Then we're able to begin to think that, that we actually see things. And it's like that thing kind of under our bed becomes alive. It's, it's like we all have this fear of something that could happen, something that could be, and it could be anything, depending on, on who you are as a person. Like, like some of us are, are, are just perpetually afraid of the things that the economy, the things that could happen to the economy. Some of us are afraid of things that could happen to our family or to our jobs. Some of us are so afraid of our health. The, the things that are under our bed that actually aren't even there, they grow in the dark. We are afraid of the things that we're not able to see, and we are afraid of the unknown. And we are on this sermon series on fear. It's called Be Strong and Courageous. And there, there are, there's a huge difference between a coward and someone who is courageous. A coward is someone who is in their bed and they hear something under the bed and they pull their blankets up you know, over their head and they just try to sleep. Someone who is courageous hears a thing 
down under their bed and they pulled their arm down under and they grabbed it by the throat, right? And, and so today, I'm hoping to take that posture of saying, okay, it is not okay for us just to pull the blankets up over our heads and just say, I'm going to be afraid forever. It's time to begin to pull down the blankets, poke our head down, and grab it by the throat and pull it out. What would that be like to be strong and courageous? And that's the topic for today. The passage for today is this passage in the book of Joshua. A passage in the book of Joshua. And this whole sermon series is about the story of Joshua and the, the person of Joshua. And something that's so interesting about Joshua is he, he's coming after the greatest prophet and the greatest hero of the Old Testament. Who is that? Moses, right? There are, are, are people in the Hebrew faith who constantly talk about who was the greatest prophet, who was the greatest prophet, who was the greatest prophet, and they always point to Moses, Moses, because he did all these awesome things. And Joshua comes after him. He steps into the shoes of the greatest prophet. And that would be an intimidating thing. And so Joshua is someone who fully understands seeing the things that God is capable of and then coming into a hard space that it feels as if he isn't even there. So so if you have your Bibles, open up to Joshua one, please. And so there's this huge passage coming up. It's a big one. And so all of us are going to do it together as a congregation because I'm terrible at doing it by myself. And this is actually a pattern of the church. We do things better together. So here we go. One, two, three. After, Mo- after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give them. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore their ancestors to give them. That's awesome. And this is how the book of Joshua begins. The book of Joshua begins begins in a place of hardship. It begins in a place of darkness, right? It begins in this place of darkness, and furthermore, it's a place that Joshua is afraid. How can we tell that he's afraid? Because God says to him, do not be afraid. So it's probably in response to the fact that he is afraid. And then the question is, why is Joshua afraid? And the answer to that is how the book begins. Right off the bat, he says, Moses is dead. Like God points out, Moses is dead. Moses is dead. And, and if I'm 
Joshua, if I'm his aide, right, if I am the aide of, of the greatest prophet ever, and he has d- died, I know he's dead. And furthermore, I'm possibly having a hard time that he is gone. Why am I having a hard time with that? Because I'm next. <laughs> and so God has to tell Joshua, point blank, he's dead. He's not coming back. Get up, rise up. How many of us have heard God over and over and over again say, it's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. It's time to rise up. And then God tells Joshua, he says, everything that I promised Everything I promise is going to be given to you, and you're the one who's going to do it, and you're going to be awesome, and you're going to take people into the hope and all the promises that I have given them. And that should be exciting. But how many of us hear the same thing? You're going to be awesome, and I will be present, and I'm going to take you and do fantastic things. I promise. But the thing that it brings up is fear. It brings up fear because with any great promise and with any great hope, the thing that comes, that, that comes you know, as a precursor is you step into a fear. And in this beginning passage, you'd actually say, what does he have to be afraid of? Right? What does he have to be afraid of? And, and for me, if I'm Joshua and I'm thinking about coming into the shoes of the greatest prophet ever, and he has seen firsthand the things that God is capable of, and he's seen firsthand how awesome God is with Moses. And then I start to get insecure. I start getting insecure I begin, I've, I've seen how awesome God is with Moses. And that's all I've seen. Like, like God and, and the greatest prophet, like they belong together. Like, like God called them and there was a burning bush and he gave them this staff that turned, turned into a serpent and turned into blood. I mean, like, like they did crazy things together. It was like, like God and this guy, they played all the time and blew people's minds. And God and Moses, God, and I mean, that's, that's who these people were, you know? And then he's dead. And God's saying, I'm going to do the same thing with you. I'm going to do the same thing with you. I don't know if I would believe it. And I don't know if I would want to. Because here's the thing. There's all these tribes of people, 12 tribes of people, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of people who also saw how awesome God had been with Moses. And now here's Joshua coming into the story. And if he is human at all, if Joshua is human, he's afraid. In the Bible, at the first part of his story, it says he is afraid and God had to say, do not be afraid. Amazing things are going to happen. Just cross the river. There's adventure on the other side. But if he's human, he embodies possibly some of the most absolute common fears in these situations. So, so, so is it possible that, that he has a fear of f- failure? That, that is the absolute top human fear that people have. We are afraid of failing. And especially for J- 
Joshua, right? He has the promise, the, the, the promise kingdom, the promised hope, the promised adventure on a silver platter. Like God is handing it to him, saying, all you have to do is cross the river. What if I mess it up? What if I'm the one after 40 years that we don't do it? I would be asking that. What if I'm the one they blame? How about the fear of rejection? That is the second common fear among people. The fear of being rejected. How about this? If I'm Joshua, I'm going and I'm talking to God. And God says, I have called you and I have chosen you. I would possibly ask him to tell everyone else that. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, okay, that's cool that you've told that to me. But will you tell everyone else that? Because if I go and say, hey, you know what? I just got done. I had this quiet time. It was awesome. And God said that he has picked me to fill the shoes of the greatest prophet ever. And he is with me. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) That could happen. And that would be terrifying. Rejection. Where does he go from here? How about the fear of public speaking? All of a sudden, he is like talking to thousands of people, telling them, here's where we're going to go. Here's the place we're going to conquer. Here's what we're going to do. Who has the fear of public speaking? Everybody, you know. The fear of public speaking, the fear of pain. We're going into a painful process. The fear of being alone. I mean, like, you can go on and on and on, and all these things are swirling around in his experience. Experience at the beginning of his story. This is at the beginning before he does anything. All of these ideas and all these thoughts and all these things that are under his bed in the dark, the fear of the unknown adventure that is about to happen. And it often happens whenever we cannot see everything, whenever the sun goes down and it is dark. We begin to question who we are as people and the things that we're called to do. So I was at the top and the sun goes down and it was terrifying and the coyotes are doing their thing. Yip, 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 yip. And, and, and I'm like, there is not totally any way I'm going to be able to get home tonight. So I'm like, I'm going to camp here. And they always tell you whenever you're lost or you're having a horrible experience, the first thing you should do is you build a campfire. It's like the first thing you should do before you do anything else, build a campfire. And they say you build a campfire because whatever it is, that there's a part of the human psyche that whenever there's a fire burning, you don't feel alone. That it brings companionship, and it like tells you everything is going to be okay, and it brings hope. And so I built this campfire. So in the Hebrew, in the Hebrew culture, they have this temple, and there's there's always this candle burning in the temple all the time. And the candle is symbolic of the flame of God and the presence of God. And it's to to kind of t- tell people God's here, God's here, because these people are constantly forgetting getting that God is present and God is here. And, and so I've begun this habit of, of whenever I pray or whenever I, I 
come, you go into a space of experiencing God. I always have this candle that I burn because it triggers that reality of, oh, God is here, God is here, God is here, because I'm constantly forgetting that God is here. In fact, as soon as I begin to tell people God is here, after I'm done, I forget that God is actually here because it's so counterintuitive to, to how I think and who I am as a person. And so, so people, as soon as the, the sun goes down and it gets dark, we're constantly forgetting that God is here. And so the idea of a candle at the beginning of the dark experience, the reality that God is present in the dark is a beautiful thing, is a good reminder. And this is why at the beginning of the story of the prophet, Moses, it starts with a campfire. It starts with a burning bush. It starts with a flame, the flame of God. And so God calls Moses, and there's this burning bush right at the beginning. And what is the thing that God says to him? First thing, right out of the the flame, he says, do not be afraid. Moses, the greatest prophet ever of all time, God called him, picked him, does awesome things with him. His journey begins, begins in a dark time, sees a burning bush, gets his attention, and God says, do not be afraid. I will do awesome things with you. We belong together. What would it be like if we were people who saw our times as the of darkness, not as a hiccup, not as a, a hardship, but the beginning or the open door to the adventure afterwards. What if we saw our, our time of darkness as a propulsion into who we're supposed to be? There are people who even say that our greatest fears point to our greatest passions. What if that were true, that our, our greatest fears pointed to our greatest passions? That would be a beautiful and terrifying thing. But if you think about it, all throughout the Bible, there is this tradition of people that God just pours into and and creates things with over and over and over again. And in their story, at the very beginning, the first thing that God tells them is, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Abraham, do not be afraid. Isaac, do not be afraid. Jacob, do not be afraid. Everyone, do not be afraid. You're a prophet, do not be afraid. Like, it's just like, that's like the first thing that God says, because what Whenever God paints the picture of how awesome he is and the gloriousness of who he is and the things that he's going to do with us, the first response that we have is fear. Because what if I fail? What if I'm going to be rejected? What if I'm going to be alone? What if I'm wrong? We're afraid. And God comes into the space and says, this is a transition time. This is beautiful. Do not be afraid. Come with me. Because the difference between someone who is a coward and someone who is courageous is a coward is paralyzed by their fear. They're, they're on their bed. It gets dark. They pull the blankets over their head. And that thing under the bed comes alive. The thing about someone who's courageous, they still have fear. They are still afraid, but they're not paralyzed by their fear. They, they are inspired by their fear. Their fear causes them to come alive. It doesn't shut you down. It wakes you up. 
So the thing under your bed should not shut you down. It should get you up and you grab it by the throat. That's the difference between someone who is a coward and someone who is courageous. The coward is paralyzed. The, those who are courageous, the, they are inspired by their fears. And this is why whenever you have a burning bush in front of you, which all of us have a burning bush in front of us, we all have a burning bush in front of us saying, I am going to do a great thing with you. We're going to do great things together. I have I've created you for great things, and I will be here. I will never leave you or forsake you. We belong together. Are you with me? And we all have that choice to either see the burning bush or to go back down and pretend that it didn't ever happen. The problem is, is that burning bush doesn't ever go away. Like God is constantly pursuing you. And oftentimes it's in the fears and in the dark places. I, I see God in the dark places. Uh, the other day I was talking to a friend of mine, and he just, he just enjoys talking and telling stories. Like, that's his thing. And so he and I will get together, and we'll tell stories after story after story. And he says, okay, tell me of, of all the places that you see the face of God. And, and, and so he's this happy guy. Like, like, he's happy all the time, you know? Like, tell me about God. You know, he's amazing. You know, tell me all the places that you see the face of God. And, 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 and then I began t telling him these horrible things. I, I began to say, the first time that I truly felt like I saw the face of God, it was at my Color. Yeah, at my mom's funeral, whenever she died at the age of 52 of a brain tumor, and I felt like I hit the pit of hell. And there he was. Oh, you're here. And it was like he prepared a table for me there. It's like, wow, you're in the darkness. Or whenever I'm at home and it feels kind of like things are not how they're supposed to be and it feels like you know, everyone is fighting and my family is falling apart and then I go off to pray and it's like, oh, you're here too. Or whenever who I am is not who I feel like I should be and I feel like I'm crying out and in this place of like, God, are you even there? Oh, there you are. It's like he prepares tables for us, his, his table of bread and wine in places of darkness, because that's like his specialty. It even says that in Psalm 23, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. Amen. And, and if you think about it, you know, whenever Christ set up his table, this was not a happy night. This was the night before he was going to be be betrayed. It was a dark time, a dark evening in a dark room. There were fears. And this is when the good stuff happens. Because at the beginning of every good story, at the beginning of every great adventure, at the beginning of everything fantastic that happens in the Bible, God always says, do not be afraid. 
Do not be afraid. We're going to do great things together. And what if God was saying this to you? What if God was saying that the things that you're afraid of should not shut you down? They should wake you up. They should inspire you. Because he is here, and he will never leave you or forsake you. And those things that you are afraid of, they actually point to your greatest purpose. And they actually point to your greatest passions. Come with me. We just have to go over there together. What if that was happening? What if your greatest fear is pointed to your greatest passion? What is the greatest fear that I have? Easy. And this will be always my greatest fear. It is public speaking. I hate public speaking. (laughs) Stop it. Um, (laughs) It doesn't go away. I I took an F on every oral book report that I had to do just because I didn't want to get up in front of 22 people. I was terrified forever to speak in front of anyone that I would take the hit. And now it's actually the thing that I do. And so every time, every time, I'm sitting up front going, oh no, here we go again. And I feel like I'm going to puke. I mean, every time, it doesn't go away. And I feel like I'm going to puke. And then I come to a space that's like, all right, here we go. And I almost feel like God himself like pulls me up because I'm like, I can't walk. I'm nervous. I feel like I'm going to throw up. And in fact, the first couple times I preached, there was a pulpit. I would put a a pie tin in the pulpit in case I was going to throw up. No joke. And so it's just one of these like, oh my gosh. And then as soon as I get up here, like as soon as I get up here and then everything comes on and I see you, it's like my heart swells and it's like, oh my gosh, I love you. And then it's like, this is what I do. This is what I do and this is what I love. But as soon as I get off of here, I become afraid again of whenever I have to come back up. Every time I come up here, I have to pass through fear, like a great fear, to say, hello, everybody, happy Sunday, because it is a happy Sunday. What if your greatest fears pointed to your greatest passions? And what if that thing under your bed has a story to tell you? You know, what if that thing under your bed has a story to tell you? So whenever you grab it by the throat and you pull it up and you stare it in the eyes, what does it say? Does it talk about healing that you have to have? Does it talk about something from the past that you have buried? Does it talk about something in the future that you are terrified of? And does it point to Christ? Does the thing under your bed point to Christ? Because all darkness points to light. Because the, the candle, the truth is, is, is that a candle shines so bright in the darkness. That's why there's candles. We shine them in the darkness. And it is a beautiful thing proclaiming that God is here. God is here because fear is here. And you do not have to be afraid. The image of the cross for hundreds of 
hearers had been an image of fear and and paralyzed people. The image of the cross, it is an image of death and horror that would paralyze people. It would keep people under control. But Christ came and he took the image of fear, this, the image of, of what it is to be controlled and the image of dominance and the, the images of just pure horror. And he took it and he carried it on his back, the image of fear, like pure fear. And he carried it up a hill and he took it and he planted it in the ground. And then he, he put himself on it. And in that space, he embodied all the most common fears that people have. The fear of being alone. The, the fear of pain. The fear of being rejected. The fear of dying. And all the things that are hiding under your bed that you are terrified of, he took that on the ultimate image of fear. And he died on it. But then... He came back. Because what, that's what God does, is he brings dead things back to life. And furthermore, he brings the images of fear and turns them into images of hope. And he turns the images of fear, and he turns them into images that point towards great purpose. And he takes the images of fear and turns them into images of salvation. That's what he did with the cross. And that's what he wants to do with the things under your bed. Because if you poke your head under your bed, the odds are that Christ has prepared a table for you under there. Full of his body and full of his blood. Because whenever he stepped into the darkness and whenever he stepped into our fears, he came in his own flesh, in his own blood, so that he would not be conquered by them. And in that, he takes them and he says, I am with you. You do not have to be afraid. I will never ever leave you or forsake you. You and I belong together and we are going to do great things. Pray with me. Oh God, we thank you for who you are. As a God who conquers fear, a God who casts out fear, a God who dominates fear, a God who shines bright as candles and campfires and burning bushes, a God who comes alongside people to do amazing things. God, we thank you for who you are as amazing. And as the ushers come up to pass out your body and your blood, the table that you have prepared for us, God, show us the places that you are creating places of peace in our darkness, places of peace in our fear. God, show us what it is to embrace brokenness, to embrace the forgiveness that you have offered us so that we do not have to be afraid. God, you are God and we are not. Thank you for being our shelter. 
Thank you for being our hope. Thank you for being the burning brightness that is constantly telling us you are here. Thank you.